So last Wednesday where we were here, we finished with Acts chapter 10, obviously the previous chapter, and we talked about how God gave two people a vision, one Peter and the other one Cornelius. The, the vision that God gave Peter was was uh, some dirty, creepy, crawly things that God commanded him to eat. And Peter, in his, uh, his, his fortitude, says, I will never, ever eat something like that. I will not defile myself like that. But God said, no, hey, hold on a second. What I make, uh, it's clean. So, so, so don't, don't, um, don't call the things that I made and created unclean. And he was going on to to explain something in a deeper way. So that that so we fast forward to Cornelius. What did God reveal to Cornelius? You need to go and get this Peter, so when he comes back, he can explain some things. And so that whole meeting, Peter comes and he explains to them. And and the moral of the story is the gospel has now been opened up to the Gentile. To the Gentile people. Now, who or what are Gentile people? Anybody who's not a Jew. Anybody. If you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. And for the first time ever since uh, the time of of the of uh, what uh, the Tower of Babel, now the nations are 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 gathered back into the call of salvation. Now, I, I uh, last. Sunday, or last Wednesday that we were here, that was a monumental part of our, our, our future. Because without the Gentiles being allowed in to experience the salvation of your soul, we would still be lost in eternal damnation. A big barrier was crossed that, 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 that time in that day, okay? So the, t- the, the, the title of tonight's message is Breaking Barriers because Peter's going to go on and re-explain what just happened before to his brothers and sisters uh, who, who are still Jew- who are Jews. Okay, so again, last time uh, God only revealed it to Peter and Cornelius and and Cornelius's family. Many people came to the Lord, so the people back at home had no idea that this was a reality yet. Okay, so again, breaking barriers, breaking barriers. Do you know what a bar- what is a barrier? Something that blocks something, right? Merriam-Webster defines a barrier this way. So if you're taking notes, a barrier is something material that blocks or is intended to block passage, okay? Or something immaterial that has impeded or separates, okay? So up to this point, salvation was, was, was a barrier to the Gentiles. But then... When, when, the, when, when the Lord revealed to Peter, guess what? That barrier is broken. Gentiles can receive salvation from the Lord. Amen? Amen. He's all about breaking barriers. Now, who does that excite? Me. <laughs> How many barriers do you have in your life? 
How many barriers that, that we think prevent, uh, prevent us from, from, from being a better person? How many barriers uh, do we think that pre- prevent us from living a, a, a happier life? How many barriers do you think you have in your life right here, right now? Does anybody have any barriers in your life? Okay, no, no barriers for you? Oh, okay. Now, now you're being truthful. I no, there, there's always barriers. Okay, it doesn't matter who you are. You always have a barrier of some sort, something that's blocking. But guess what? If God can pave the way for the Gentiles to receive salvation, God can break any barrier in your life. Amen. Yes. Did you hear me? Yes. Breaking barriers. If if it's his will for your life, he's going to break it. You just need to let him. Breaking barriers. So that's the title of tonight's message. Now, what are some barriers that we we have in our life as as a person born into this world? What are some barriers that, that you can think of right off the bat? Time? Time's a barrier. What else? Sin? Did somebody say sin? That's the biggest barrier we could ever have. Our, our sin, right? Our sin. Now, now, let's go beyond that. Now, why do we sin? Because we're sinners, right? Easy, easy answer to the question. We are sinners, therefore we sin, okay? Because we sin doesn't make us sinners, but we're sinners, therefore we sin. Does that make sense? It's who you are. That's your natural tendency to do. Your broken, fallen mankind is a big barrier between you and God. And we see this in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve fell away from God, and from that point on, there was a big barrier between God and man. Okay? That's a big barrier. You fast forward to to Genesis chapter 6. Sin does what sin does. It destroys, it corrupts, it it, it blackens everything, darkens everything. And the greater the sin in one's life, the bigger the barrier between God and its creation. Does that make sense? Okay. So God had to step in and he destroyed the whole world. And by the grace of God, Noah existed and he and he was able to build a boat and uh, he, he had a nice uh, uh, cruise for, for a little while and um, not a nice one, but, but he, had, he had time on a boat and when the time came, he landed and they started to repopulate the earth. Okay, you fast forward to Genesis chapter 11. Mankind was told to spread out and multiply and to fill the earth again. But what did they do? Genesis chapter 11, they decide they're going to stick together and they're going to build a great city for themselves and they're going to um, build a big tower. And guess what? They created their own barrier once again, okay? Your, Your sin nature is always creating barriers between you and God. Okay, so not only is there a natural barrier, you create your own barrier with God. Okay, we need to understand and need to take responsibility of the barriers that we create. Anybody take responsibility of their own barrier-making abilities? That's what it is. That's what it is to be a sinner. You, 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 you 
Create your own monster. I can speak from experience. I've created a lot of big monsters because I have done some dumb things. I made my own barriers that prevented me from experiencing all of what God wanted for me. But it wasn't until I realized, oh, I just made my own barrier. I need to step back and let God break this barrier because I made it and I can't destroy it, but only he can. So then... You fast forward one chapter to Genesis chapter 12, and this is where, this is where the barrier between Abraham and the rest of the world uh, comes into play. Abraham was who? He was the chosen one of God that God showed up and said, Abraham, I want you to leave everything behind. I want you to leave your land, your family, your father's house, and I want you to go to a place where I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and you are going to be a blessing to the nations of the world. So right here, God starts to to, to single Abraham out, and, and there's a big barrier between the rest of the world and Abraham. Why is there a barrier there? Because as you watch the family history, this, this family is blessed. The nations, they're doing what the nations do, but this specific family is blessed. And, there's, and as time goes out and as time goes forward, there's going to be a, a, a barrier between the Jewish people and the rest of the world. Do you see where I'm going with this? Okay, there's a big there's a big barrier between uh, the nation of Israel and the people. Why? Why is there a big barrier between the nation of Israel and the rest of the world? Can, can anybody tell me? The nation of Israel to the rest of the world. Why is the nation of Israel so special? Because their God is the living God, and the rest of the nations of the world. Their gods are false gods, okay? And, and there's a big barrier between the real God and the false God, okay? And, and the nations, they, they, they do their thing in the nation of Israel. They worship the real God. So there's another barrier right there. And for you fast forward a few millennia, okay, you can think, you know, you, you can just about imagine the pride and the arrogance that, that could come when, when you realize that your God is the real only God, right? We got it. We're special. We're holy. We got God on our side. We got, you know, God has my back. Why? Because I'm special. I was born into this, right? Can you imagine how pride and arrogance can get into that really, really quick? And that's what happened as time has progressed. There was a bigger barrier between the Jewish people and the rest of the world. So you fast forward to the time of Jesus, you have a lot of animosity to those who are not Jews. Are you with me? So for the Jew during Jesus' time, they despised uh, that foreign occupation of Rome. They despised the Samaritans. They despised anybody who was not a Jew. Are, are you with me? There's a lot of animosity here. There's a big barrier here. And we see, last time we were here, that God broke that big barrier. Why? Because the Gentiles are now able to experience the salvation of God. We need to understand this barrier is humongous. It's, it's, it's ginormous, as they say. Okay? It, and God, God broke through the line 
and he broke that barrier. Now, if God can break that barrier, there's no barrier in your life that he, can, that he won't be able to break. Amen? Amen? Breaking barriers. So let's go ahead and let's start reading through Acts chapter 11 and kind of reiterate and talk about these barriers once again. Verse 1 of chapter 11 says, The apostles... And the brothers and sisters who, th- who throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. When Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them? Peter began to explain to them step by step, I was in town of Joppa, uh, or Joppa, Praying, and I saw in a trance an object that resembled a large sheet coming down, being lowered by its four corners from heaven, and it came to me. When I looked closely and considered it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth, and the wild beasts, and the reptiles, and the birds of the sky. I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. No, Lord, I said, for nothing impure or richly unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice answered from heaven in a second time, What God has made clean, you must not call impure. Now this happened three times, and everything was drawn up again into heaven. At that very time, or at, at that very moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to accompany them with no doubts at all. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we went into the man's house. He reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and and saying, Send to Joppa and call for Simon, who is also called Peter. He will speak a message to you by which you and your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them, just on just as on us at the beginning. I remembered the word of the Lord, how He said, "John baptized the or John baptized with water, but you will bat, or be baptized with the Holy Spirit." If then God gave them the same gift that He also gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, how could I possibly hinder God? When they heard this, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, So then, God has given repentance resulting in life, even to the Gentiles. Let's stop there for a second. He's reiterating what just happened. And let's talk about what just happened. Okay, Peter goes to Cornelius' house and speaks this message. And what, what message did Peter speak? Can can anybody tell me? What's that? It starts with with the letter G. The gospel. Okay? The word of the Lord. Okay? These Gentiles heard the word of the Lord. So Peter is preaching to these Gentiles, and they're listening. And what happens when, when when they receive the word of the Lord? Not only do they receive and are saved by the gospel, there's another step that happened to them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So not only was the barrier of, of uh, salvation open, but the filling of the very presence of God in their life was opened up as well. There's a big barrier that was crushed. 
right? So do you know of somebody, you don't have to tell me or shout out the name, do you, do you, does somebody come to mind, you're like, there's no possible way that person will ever hear and experience the salvation of Jesus Christ. There's no way, right? Anybody seen or known people like that? There's no way, right? But according to this, your thinking's wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> that person you think that, that's so far away, you're wrong. I'm going to say it one more time, you are wrong. Nobody in the world is exempt from the call of God, the grace of God, hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? If, 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 if God can break through in this situation, he can break through in any situation. And I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over and over and over again. I never thought these people would ever come to know Jesus, but guess what? I have been found dumbfounded and, 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 and humbled by the Lord Jesus so many times because... God can do anything he wants to do. He can save anybody who he wants to save, and that's everybody. He can save anybody. So not only can he save anybody, but he can fill anybody with his Holy Spirit. Did you catch, do you believe me in this? Really? Do you really believe me? God will fill me up with his Holy Spirit. Like God would, God would pour out his Spirit on, on me. Can he? Will he? According to scripture, he will. But if you think that he can't, there's a big problem. Here's another confrontative thing, okay? If you think you can't be filled by the Holy Spirit of God, you're lying to yourself. Stop it. Okay? Stop it. Don't exclude yourself for what God has for you. He has that for you, and he wants to give more of himself to you. He wants to give it to you more than you really want it, okay? He wants to give you his spirit in increasing measure every single day. He wants to fill you over and over and over again. He, he wants to give his spirit in increasing measure to you every day of your life. All right. He wants to. He really does. I'm not lying to you. He will save you he will fill you but here's the thing what are the barriers in your life that's preventing you from a either receiving a gospel or b receiving the infilling of his holy spirit what is the barrier there does anybody want more of god Amen. what's the barrier that's preventing you from and i I don't have to name things off. You already know what what that barrier is. I believe the Holy Spirit is working right now. He's working in your hearts. He's working in your minds. And he's telling you, this is a barrier. And I want you you to bring that barrier to me so that I can break that barrier. But why are we so reluctant to come and allow him to break those barriers? What do you think our biggest barrier is as far as fear? You said it. Fear. Afraid. What are we afraid of? Why are we afraid to allow God to to lead us into places, bigger and better places? Why are we so afraid of this? Got to get out of your comfort zone, right? What's stopping you? Like, what what, what is so fearful? Like, what is, where does fear originate from? 
Satan can definitely bring fear, but 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 fear is 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 a self thing. Self, your yourself, something about you, you know, something that that about you is preventing you uh, from experiencing the barrier. Something that 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 is so deeply entrenched and rooted in your life, you don't want to let it go. It's uncomfortable to even. Th- Think about or talk. I don't know why I'm saying this tonight, but 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 somebody God wants to bring you to a deeper place, and your fear is 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 not allowing you to experience what God has and wants for you. You don't want you want life to be the same. Go through the status quo. Who here likes comfort? Anybody like comfort? Anybody like security? People like what they know. They're afraid to leave what they know. You know, and I just, I just think about Peter when he came back and told his, told his people, like, you are talking to these people? Like, could you imagine how many times Peter must have uh, went over his brain uh, and rehearsed, like, what am I going to say to these Jewish people? Like, like, you know, the argument, like, well, hey, he knew exactly what to say. He told them what God did, and at the end of the day, <laughs> Guess what? They're like, oh, praise God. Woohoo, right? But again, what is preventing you from, from, from having God break your barrier? Because God can break any barrier. He can and he will. Breaking barriers. God broke the biggest barrier ever. He broke the barrier of sin. He broke the barrier of racial uh, acceptance unto salvation. I, that, that's a big thing right there. God broke through the barrier of, of, of uh, Gentiles being filled with the Holy Spirit. He can break through any, any barrier. Is this speaking to anybody here tonight? So let's spend just a few moments on on the Holy Spirit here. Verse 15 again. And as Peter, um, he spoke the message, and they will be saved. And verse 15, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came down on them just as on us at the beginning. What's he talking about? What's What's he referencing here? The Holy Spirit came down on us just like it was in the beginning. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. What happened at the day of Pentecost? The Holy Spirit came, right? Tongues of fire rested on them, and they began to speak in different tongues, right? And declaring the the majesty of God, this, as soon as God showed up, this happened, that it filled them, and it filled them so, so immensely, they began to speak in other tongues, and, and God had infiltrated their life. And when Peter preached to the Gentiles, the same exact thing happened. Okay. So, this is, this is, this is, as we have read through the book of Acts so far, people who are saved and people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, how many people are filled with the Holy Spirit when they show up and want more of God? All of them. 
Nobody's excluded. Absolutely none. So when the Jews in Acts chapter 2 were filled with the Holy Spirit, they all began to speak in tongues. But in Acts chapter 10, the house of Cornelius and those around him, when they heard the gospel, what happened? They did the same exact thing. All of them, be, all of them began to speak in different languages. Amen? All of them, nobody was excluded from the more of God in their life. Nobody. And I want to just make this point a little bit further for you. Guess what? God can fill you, and he can fill you more and more and more and more and more and more and more. He can fill you to overflowing. Nothing can, like I'm telling you, the only barrier from that is the barrier that you put upon God yourself. If God can break through the barrier of the Jew and through the barrier of the Gentile, he can break through the barriers of your life too. But what prevents you? Fear. What prevents you from taking that step into the more of God? Fear. Again, fear starts and originates where? Self. You've got to get over yourself. Amen? We can just close the book right now, get over yourself, let God work in you. Okay? Anyway, so, do you see the barrier that was broken? Salvation, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's go ahead and let's, let, let's continue through this chapter here. Verse 19. <clears throat> now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus, Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began to speak, or, and began speaking to the Greeks, also proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And large numbers of people were added to the Lord. Then he sent, then he went, then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul. And when he found him, he brought, brought him to Antioch for a whole year. They met with the church and taught large numbers. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So let's, let's go through this little passage here as we're continuing through this, this uh, study here tonight. So we just talked about how, how the apostle Peter uh, preached the message to the Gentiles, they receive the word of God, the gospel, they respond to it, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And now we're moving on to a different scene here. The scene is who? Who are represented in this scene? Those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen. What happened to Stephen? He was martyred for preaching the gospel. So after... after uh, after P or Stephen was stoned, what did the people do in response to that? They obviously like, 
We, they scattered, okay? They, they went throughout. Now, did they stop preaching the message of the gospel? Everywhere that they scattered to, they were, they were preaching the gospel. Nothing prevented them from, from going forward. So guess what? As they were scattered, many people have... And it, <laughs> just think about that for a moment. You just seen somebody literally get stoned to death for preaching the gospel. Would you be a little hesitant about saying that same message? Because the same thing could happen to you. How many people would see that like, nope, I'm done, I'm out. I'm not going to preach this message anymore because it's, like, it's going to get me killed. I'm going to, I'm going to, there's a good possibility that if I mention the name of Jesus, I'm going to have rocks thrown at me. How many people would have stopped at that moment? Far too many. But these people did not. Okay? There could have been a big barrier from the gospel being spread, but guess what? They didn't, they, as soon as they scattered, this barrier, they went right through it. Now, how did they get through the barrier, you think? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do you get through the barriers of life? The Holy Spirit. God can get through any barrier in life, and the only way that you're able to get through the barrier of life is through the Holy Spirit. Not by your strength, not by your ingenuity, not by your intellect, not by you know pulling up your bootstraps and getting through it. No, you get through these barriers only by the Spirit of the living God. Amen? Anybody facing a barrier right now? How are you going to get through it? The Holy Spirit of God. Why aren't you getting through barriers? Because you're trying to do it by yourself. Stop doing it yourself. Stop it, stop it, stop it. One more time, stop it. <laughs> Quit. Let God work in your life. Let God break those barriers in your life. Let God save you. Let God fill you. Let God deliver you. Let God do the work. All you have to do is say, God, I need you. I humbly surrender my life to you and do what only you can do in my life. And whatever comes my way, I'm okay with it. I will accept my lot that you have for me. You're working on me. You're working in me. And guess what? You're going to work through me in these circumstances. So as we see them breaking through this, this barrier, God sends Barnabas. Now, we've heard this name before in the book of Acts. Where did we hear this, this name in the book of Acts? Barnabas. Yeah, I know you guys know. Anybody remember the Ananias and Sapphira story? What, what, what happened to them? They died because they sold property and they kept some for it and they lied to God. Right before that, there was a person who sold his property, all of it, and put it all at the feet of the apostles. His name was Joseph, also known as Barnabas. Okay? And Barnabas is back in the story now. And as, as, as the, these early Christians are breaking through these barriers, Barnabas, Barnabas comes and he starts, and he's amazed at what's being heard here and what he's seeing here because these Gentiles are coming to faith. These Gentiles are filled with the Holy Spirit and he has some words of admonishment for, for the church, but also for us too. Okay? So not only are they breaking through barriers, 
Not only is the Holy Spirit through breaking through barriers, but guess what? The key to continue to be barrier-breaking followers of God, he gives to us in these, in these verses, okay? So, verse 22. News about, news about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. Verse 23. When he arrived, he saw the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged. So he shows up and he sees these Gentiles are coming. They, they, they know Jesus. They're, they're filled with the Spirit as, as we're filled with the Spirit. God, God is working in a much bigger, they, you know, bigger way than we've anticipated. God is, God is opening this thing up. Wow, you see, he's just so happy at this moment. He's so glad and he encouraged them. Now, how did he encourage them? He encouraged them to remain, what? True to the Lord. True to the Lord with devoted hearts. He encouraged them to remain true to the Lord and devoted in heart. Remain in the Lord. What does it mean to remain somewhere? To stay in that place. Stay in the Lord. Abide in the Lord. No matter what you do, you stay in the counsel of the Lord. No matter what you do, no matter what comes your way, no matter what, 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 what is thrown at you, you stay in the center of the Lord. So when you're going through barriers, what's the key? Staying in the Lord. Remaining in the Lord. You want to break barriers in your life? Allow the Holy Spirit, but also to stay, stay centered in the Lord Jesus. When times get tough, when things get hard, don't, don't be afraid and scatter and not do, no, stay, stay steadfast. Stay firm, stay resolute in the center, in the will of God. Don't allow the circumstances to take you out of the will of God. Remain in the Lord. Breaking barriers, the key to breaking barriers is just stay with Jesus. If you stay with Jesus, guess what? You're going to be breaking barriers. Why? Because he's going to be walking through them with you. He's going to pick you up by the little hand. He's going to drag you along the way, and he's going to take you where you need to go. Does, does anybody need to be drugged by Jesus like that? Okay, if you stay in the center of God's will, he's going to drag you where you need to go. A lot of times kicking and screaming. But the older you get, the more you realize, oh, this isn't so bad. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, you... You, you got my best. Okay, I'll trust you. Okay. And as you walk and you realize, you're, you start walking through barriers without you even realizing it. Because you're staying at the center of the Lord. You are remaining in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Okay. So not only that, to remain true to the Lord, but with Devoted hearts. What what does devotion mean? It, it, it is a surrender. You are devoted. You are you are going to stick with this thing no matter what. Devoted with, with devoted in heart. Now, what what heart is he talking about? He's talking about your your flesh. Is he talking about your 
You know, the four chambers of your heart and all these. No, he's not talking about that heart. He's talking about the center of your body, your soul, and your spirit. The center of your being. It needs it needs to be devoted solely to him. The center part of your life is only for him. Okay? This devoted thing. We've heard this also in the book of Acts. Where did we, where did we uh, uh, see this devotion, this term devoted? Context is everything. I love context. Devotion. This is this is not this is something that is is was seen early at, at the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came upon them. What did they do? They got they got saved, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Did they just go home and and, and wait for Sunday? No. Turn with turn with me back to Acts chapter two and we'll Read through some things. Now, to be devoted in heart. So how do we how do we remain in him? How so how can you remain? I mean, do you just I mean, do you just remain? How do you remain? I mean, that's the question that we need to answer. What is it like what does it even mean here? How do we remain in him? How do you remain in Jesus? How do you abide in Jesus? You guys you guys are paying attention. That's awesome. <laughs> Praise God. But but we, we see here in the, in the response of the day of Pentecost, the, the disciples who were filled with the Holy Spirit, we read in Acts 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the Word of God. They devoted themselves. So as, as Barnabas is, is, is telling the Gentiles, you need to devote your hearts to Jesus, right? And this is how you devote your hearts to Jesus. If you want to learn, learn how and know how to abide in Jesus, because unfortunately many people in the Western world don't know how to abide with Jesus. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just come through the doors and just stand here. I'll get more Jesus by osmosis, right? It'll, it'll just seep into me, right? Just because you come through the doors of a church doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you were born into a family, uh, your parents were Christians, doesn't mean that their kids are Christians. Okay? Just because we live in a, a Christianized nation doesn't mean the inhabitants of the nation are Christians. Okay? What I'm saying is, is I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm almost 40, so this is what this is like, huh? Man. Verse 42, they voted themselves to the apostles' teaching, okay? Um, Yep, lost it. I'm getting... (laughs) They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, devotion, right? They, 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 They devoted themselves. They surrendered. This is what they did. They wanted to know who Jesus, that on my thought, right? Knowing who Jesus is. You can't become a follower by osmosis just because, or you can't become a Christian by proxy, okay? You have to know him yourself. You have to not just know about him, but know him. That's the key to following Jesus is knowing who your master is. Knowing his characteristics, knowing his attributes, knowing him for who he really is. Not about what the culture says about him, not what Facebook says or CNN or, or, or Fox or whatever, okay? You need to know who Jesus is for yourself. 
The key to breaking barriers in your life is not, is not hearing about a remedy and hoping it works. No, your, your responsibility is to know the one who can break through the barrier. Know the one who can get you through it. Know Jesus. Devote yourself to the word of God. Don't stop getting into the word of God. Don't stop going to the word. You may not, I mean, you may not understand all as you're reading through it, but let me tell you, as you walk with the Lord, he's going to reveal it to you as you go through things. He's going to open up the scriptures to you and it's going to transform your life. And as you approach situations, as you get through these things, you're like, wow, the, the Bible told me to do this. So guess what? I'm going to go this way. I have this barrier, but God told me in his word to do this. And guess what? You're going to break through those barriers as long as you devote yourself to the word of God and knowing Jesus. So they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to Fellowship? Wait, I mean, this whole fellowshipping church thing's a thing? Huh? It's, it, yeah, it's kind of fun. Like, it, it can be, but it also can be drudgery too. Best, the best ministry advice I ever got is people are stupid. Okay, let me explain. Let me explain, okay? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do, are, <laughs> do people do silly things? Okay, the best part about ministry is, is Jesus, but the next part is the people. We love the people, but also the worst part of ministry is what? The people. Okay, so when you understand that people do silly things, when things happen, you're not surprised. Okay? So fellowship is important. It's, just, it's important. It's, and we have to learn how to live with one another. We have to learn how to treat one another. We have to learn how to communicate with one another. Communication is a big thing. How do you, how do you get to know somebody? You talk to them, right? When you're angry at somebody, what do you usually do? Well, you, don't, you don't talk to them? Or you talk about them to other people? Right? Okay, so, so this, is, this is a big, you devote yourself to the fellowship now. When you have a group of people, there's going to be conflict. Yeah. Always. But how you deal with that conflict is absolutely crucial. Because everybody's got a different personality. And I'm sorry, there's personalities that I, like, I have a hard time with. And I imagine you're the same, right? You're human, aren't you? Right? How do you deal with those people? You pray for them. It's pretty hard to hate somebody that you're praying for. If you pray for them in a loving way, you, I'm telling you, 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 that fellowship becomes much sweeter, much greater. People need to learn how to love one another, build each other up, strengthen one another. Fellowship. So how do you abide? How do you uh, stay steadfast to the things of God? Fellowship. You need other people. And there's this big lie going in our culture. I don't need to go to church. I'm saved. I don't, I don't need the church. I'm just fine by myself. We're going to talk about that. Okay, first and foremost, that is a lie. Okay? It's a lie. You, you and I need to be with people. 
We need other people with like-minded beliefs. Jesus. We need people who are passionately in love with Jesus. Okay? We need one another. Okay? No man or no woman is an island unto himself. Why do we need people? We need to grow. Right? I think one of the best discipleship tool the world has is marriage. Why? Because when you live with somebody, they get to know who you really are. We see 60-70% of who we are, but guess what? Our spouse sees the other part of us. But what happens when pride and arrogance gets in the way? We get defensive, we, uh, yeah, right? But God, God send, like, he uses marriage and relationships to help form and fashion us into his image. And there's some things in our life that need correcting, even in church. Hello? Okay, God uses other believers to, to help other believers in the right way. Okay? And... Here in the future, we're going to have we're going to have a wonderful series about how 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 to have church. I love church. I love I love I love church. Why? Because it's it's literally heaven on earth, where God shows up in in His people in a way that is not like the world. And and fellowship is is key to are remaining in Jesus. Fellowship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread. What does this mean? Not only communion, that's important, communion, but also living life together. If the only time that that, that you see Christians or interact with Christians is church, there's something wrong. Are, 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 you, are you intertwining your life with Christians outside of the walls of this gathering place? Do you have friends that come that you console each other, okay? Uh, uh, the former general superintendent, uh, district superintendent, Clarence St. John, uh, he, he, he said this about your life, about discipleship. You should always be reaching up to somebody who has been further along in the spiritual journey. Why? Because, because they're going to help you out. They're going to give you wisdom. Okay? you got to reach up. Okay? The next part is you need somebody to reach out to, the one who's kind of in the same spot, so you can walk to and through things together. Does, does anybody have those types of friends? Okay? Amen, right? But you also need to be reaching down to people who are not where you're at, so you can help lift them up. Okay? Up out and down, okay, discipleship. So do you have those people in this church that you're connecting with outside of the church? And when you start doing that, when you come back to church, let me tell you, you have an experience that is different from the world and it's absolutely incredible. That's why it's so important to live life together outside of the walls of this church, okay? Make sense? So how do we remain steadfast through breaking barriers? When we're going through stuff, we need people. We need, we need support. Then also, they devoted themselves to prayer. Prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. Do you pray? What does it mean to pray? 
talk, talk to God, right? right? But but is it more than talk, more than talking with God? Many people think it, it just it's just talking to God. It's much more than just talking to God. When I when I when I think about prayer, the best way that I can I can talk about prayer is when Moses went up to Mount Sinai, and he spent time with God, face to face. What happened when he came down from that mountain? What did people realize? He's glowing. Right? They were communing with God. He was communing with God. When we pray, we may not even say a word. We might, may not say anything, but we're just simply in the presence of God. And the more time we spend in the presence of God, the more that we take on the nature of God, the more that he fills us up, the more of his identity and his, his life infiltrates our life. Prayer is much more than just talking to God. When's the last time you deeply connected with God? You wept before God. Has anybody wept but wept but excuse me, wept before the Lord? Sorry. Like like for no apparent reason, like you're just so so heavy into the presence of God. It just like your heart is burning and things are welling up inside of you. You like you can't turn off the faucet because it just keeps coming out because he's touching your heart. I'm telling you, that's that's the type of prayer that I'm talking about. That's the type of prayer that they're talking about here. When they had a prayer meeting, what happened at their prayer meetings in Acts chapters 2, 3, 4, and 5, 6? Holy Spirit showed up and shook the place. Why? Because they were in communion with God. They reached up to heaven and they stayed there and heaven reached down to them. I, I'm t- that, that, that's what prayer is all about. But they devoted themselves. So how do you get through the barriers of life? The Word of God through fellowship, through living life together outside of these walls and prayer. But there's one more. There's one more, okay? There's one more. uh, Go uh, go with me to verse 46. Every day, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. So they devoted themselves to what? This, okay, a temple, if you look at the Greek word, it's, it's, it's synagogue. Synagogue. Where, okay, they had a central place to meet together. Not only did they devote themselves to meeting together, but from house to house. So not, not, so this is kind of a point, uh, a point taken further. Like the importance of being together is so important going through barriers in life. Like you have no idea. You and I need each other through this life. If you want to break through barriers, you're going to need the people of God. We need each other. And when they devoted themselves to these things, God honored them. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. When we go here to Acts 15, God is breaking barriers. And Barnabas told them once again, he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord 
with devoted hearts. For he was full of Holy Spirit and faith, and large numbers of people were added to the Lord. Anybody have any barriers in their life? I really believe that you have the tools to get through those barriers. You, we just talked about the barrier-breaking tools. Knowing Jesus. Being filled with his Holy Spirit. Devoting to the Word of God. Devoting yourself to fellowship. Devoting yourself to being with people outside of the walls of the church and to praying and to commit and to commit and devoting yourself to each other. And we see here that, that as, as God breaks through those barriers through being saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, that's what he does. He brings the people together to break more barriers. The biggest barrier that we face now today is, is living a life in the midst of the kingdom of darkness. We're here and we see things. There's big barriers all around. But what's the key to getting through those barriers? Everything we talked about here tonight. Kingdom of darkness is, is a big barrier, but guess what? It's no match for the kingdom of God. Amen. It's no match for the church of Jesus Christ. Why? Because a church that confesses that Jesus is the son of the living God. Jesus told his disciples the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he's giving them the keys to the kingdom. So who wants to break barriers? Amen. You can. I mean it. I'm serious. I'm telling you the truth. You can. Don't let fear stop you from breaking the barriers in your life. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the barriers that were broken uh, through the example of of the early disciples, Lord God. Lord, you destroyed the barrier of sin by going to the cross. Lord, you you destroyed the barrier, Lord God, of, 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 of rising again from the dead. You did that, Lord God. You, you did the impossible. Lord, you say in your word that you had the power to lay your life down but lord you have the power to take it up again lord and and you did just that and lord as as you rose again from the dead lord god you you appeared to your many disciples or up to 500 at one time as first corinthians uh, 15 tells us lord god and lord you walked among your people for 40 years or no excuse me 40 days 